Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's parasha is Bo. It is the uh, parasha which uh, culminates with the actual exodus from uh, from Egypt, the Yitziat Mitzrayim, the first Pesach. Uh, so let's uh, let's begin. Uh, the parasha, we can say, is divided uh, primarily into two parts. The first part of the parasha uh, deals with the last three of the ten plagues, the Esamakot, uh, that are visited upon Egypt uh, before the uh, before the Exodus, before Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Uh, so we've had seven plagues before in last week's parasha. So this uh, Next comes the plague of Arbe, locusts. Uh, this uh, plague also has uh, a warning. Remember, uh, in every group of three, there are two with a warning and then the third uh, without a warning. So there was a warning for the seventh plague, and this is now the eighth, uh, eighth plague that has a warning. Um, Moshe and Aharon warned Paro, uh, and then, uh, after they've issued their warning, uh, they leave. Uh, but then they're brought back because the the, the advisors to the king say uh, it's a, it's a lost cause. Let them go. Um, but when Paro speaks to them uh, about who is going to be going, Paro uh, says it's absurd what you're asking for. That everybody should leave, uh, and so he expels them again. And what ensues is the plague of locusts. Locusts come and they consume absolutely everything that's growing. Uh, and uh, therefore, Paro uh, calls from the, for them again and says, uh, please remove the plagues, a plague of locusts, and pray for me. And Hashem removes the locusts. But of course, Paro, uh, Paro's heart is hardened once again. Then we come to the ninth plague. The ninth plague, there is no warning. Uh, this is a plague of darkness. Moshe brings uh, first three days of darkness to Egypt when nobody can see each other. And that is followed by three more days of uh, darkness that is so uh, palpable uh, that uh, people are immobilized. They can't even move. Um, and then after this time, Paro says to Moshe, well, you may go, but you have to, uh, you have to leave your animals. And Moshe says, absolutely not. We have to take our uh, animals with us. Uh, Hashem may ask us to sacrifice anything. And Paro finally says, uh, leave and don't come back. And Moshe says, you've spoken well. The fact is, I will not see you again. Uh, and then uh, we prepare for the 10th uh, and final plague. Uh, but it begins uh, first with a warning. This plague is, war is warned. It was warned before, and now uh, the warning is to be formalized. Um, the warning leading up to the 10th plague, the killing of the firstborn of Egypt. But first, Hashem tells uh, Moshe to tell the people, to, uh, to tell the, ask the Egyptians for gold and silver. I guess we call this reparations for their years of service. And then Moshe uh, issues a, uh, a final warning saying that at midnight uh, or around midnight, the firstborn of every household in Egypt will die, but uh, not among the Israelites. Um, and uh, Hashem 
says again, Pharaoh will not let you go. Uh, and in this way, I will increase my signs. So getting ready for the 10th plague, uh, but it, it doesn't happen yet. Uh, we then move into the uh, second section of the parasha. And this is uh, really the Exodus, the preparation for the Exodus and its aftermath. Uh, first, before the Exodus, uh, B'nai Israel are taught about uh, observing Pesach, but Pesach as it was observed in Egypt, which is not uh, exactly the same as it would to be observed in the future. <coughs> but uh, it is observed in Egypt on the uh, night before the actual exodus. First, Hashem says to B'nai Yisrael, first part of this, and this is the first mitzvah, per se, that is given to all of Am Yisrael together as a nation, that this month, the month in which the exodus will take place, the month that in later history we'd call Nisan, is to be the first of the month. Uh, so they taught about the principles of, uh, of establishing the calendar. As for Pesach, select a one-year-old male lamb or goat, one per group, could be family, or several families can join together, and you have to save this animal, observe it, starting on the 10th of the month, uh, and then slaughter it on the 14th in the afternoon, collect the blood and place the blood in the doorposts and the lintel, uh, and then roast it in its entirely entirety and eat it wholly roasted together with matzot and maror that night. Do not leave over anything until the morning. Uh, eat it dressed, ready to travel. Meanwhile, I, says Hashem, will slay the firstborn of Egypt, and I will pass over the uh, houses with blood. That's why it's called Passover. Uh, some of the elements of, of what I've just said uh, are meant for only Pesach in Mitzrayim. So, uh, and some are meant for uh, for all generations. So, this requires further count. A clarification as we have in the in the in the ensuing uh, verses um, where we're taught about the commandments of Pesach and Chag Hamatzot in future generations. Just to, to clarify, what we call Pesach is actually the offering and the roasting and the eating of the Korban Pesach. That really takes place uh, starting on the afternoon of the 14th and culminates with the night that is the beginning of the 15th. That's Pesach, per se. But then there's the festival of uh, Matzot, Chag Matzot, which is seven days. The seven days begin on the 15th, um, That, in other words, that night. So the night of the 15th is, as it were, the overlap between Pesach, the day when the sacrifice of uh, Pesach is eaten, and the beginning of Chag HaMatzot, which starts that night and goes for a total of seven days. Uh, these are instructions not for Egypt, but for future generations. Uh, when, you, uh, when you observe this, when you observe the festival of Pesach, you are not to keep, that is to say own, or eat chametz for this entire period. The first day and the seventh day are festivals. Again, this is not about Pesach in Egypt, but in the future. Um, uh, work is generally prohibited, but work that is uh, what we call malacha, work that is uh, necessary for food, uh, to, to make food, such as cooking, that is permissible. And as we learn later on, that permission extends not only to Pesach, but to all of the uh, festivals, all of the Chakim, unlike Shabbat. Moshe teaches uh, Israel about the commandments of Pesach, 
both what applies in Egypt and what applies in future generations. Uh, so, for example, only in Egypt do they put the blood on the doorposts and the lintel. They don't do that. They will not do that in the future. In the future, the blood that is collected is sprinkled on the altar, but in Egypt, there is no altar. Uh, so Moshe teaches them about this, and he further says that you are uh, to teach your children about what happened, uh, and that uh, projects towards a uh, not-too-distant future, uh, when there will be children born uh, after the Exodus, who will not have gone through it firsthand. So therefore, <clears throat> the parents, grandparents, have a responsibility to pass on this very important uh, information and, uh, and lessons to future generations. Um, and so the children of Israel bring, uh, bring the, uh, the Passover sacrifice, the Pesach, uh, in, uh, in Egypt as they are, uh, as they are commanded. Uh, on that very same night, that they bring the Passover, they're eating the Passover sacrifice. That's the same night as the actual killing of all the firstborn in Egypt. And there is not one household that doesn't have someone uh, who is who has died. Um, and then uh, the next morning uh, is when they uh, begin the Exodus. Um, Paro and the Egyptian people let the Israelites go without any exception, without any reservations. The Israelites hurried to take the dough that they have that is unleavened. That's at least one of the reasons for eating matzah, although there are more. Um, the Israelites asked the Egyptians for gold, silver, and garments, as I said earlier, uh, for the purpose of reparations. And they make the first leg of their journey, which is from Ramses to Sukkot. The Torah says that there are 600,000 uh, men in this, uh, in this group. But there's also a mixed multitude, people from other uh, nations as well, uh, that try to uh, jump on the bandwagon and leave when Israel uh, leaves. And the Torah says that uh, the total amount of time uh, is 430 years. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, we're taught other uh, Pesach commandments uh, for, for future generations. First of all, only Israelites are to be to participate. Um, that would include someone who uh, converts to Judaism as, as an Israelite, uh, but only Israelites, no non-Israelites. Uh, only someone who is circumcised that has to be eaten in one house and do not break the bones of the Pesach sacrifice. These are some of the mitzvot that apply for all generations. Um, and the parashat concludes with uh, teaching about some other mitzvot that are, uh, that are to be observed and among their uh, the purposes of these other commandments is to commemorate the Exodus. First, uh, the firstborn males of man and animals are sanctified to Hashem. Uh, remember this event, meaning um, the Exodus, when you come to the land of Israel, not just now, but remember it and, uh, and uh, uh, preserve that memory. Uh, again, we're told about the seven-day festival of Hagamatzot. Tell your children, and, and that teaches us that during uh, the Seder, uh, a very important component of the Seder is uh, teaching, teaching the next generation. The mitzvah of tefillin, which are placed on the arm and the uh, head, remind us of the mighty arm that uh, of Hashem, metaphorically, of course, uh, in taking us out of Egypt. Uh, continuing the subject of the firstborn, 
uh, not only the firstborn of uh, kosher animals, but the firstborn of donkeys as well uh, are to be redeemed or uh, if not redeemed, uh, redeemed with a, with, a, with a kosher animal. Uh, and if not redeemed, uh, the firstborn of the donkey is decapitated. And then uh, finally, when your children ask you about the mitzvah of the firstborn, you will say that this mitzvah as well uh, is uh, observed in order to commemorate the exodus. Uh, let's go back to the beginning of the parasha when uh, Moshe and Aaron are brought back uh, after initially being uh, thrown out of uh, Paro's uh, presence. Uh, and Paro uh, asks them, uh, all right, you may uh, worship God. Who are the ones to go? Who, who exactly are going? And so Moshe replies very in a very moving way, we're all going. Uh, young and old, sons and daughters, all of our animals, um, because this is a festival. Kichag Hashem Lanu. It's a festival to Hashem. Uh, Paro's response is a very sarcastic uh, response. God should be with you as I mean to let your children go. In other words, you should uh, don't fool yourself. There's no way I'm going to let you go. Um, you're, you're, you're only interested in, in, in bad. And the truth is, uh, we all know, Paro thinks he knows, that the only ones who are going to participate in the sacrifice are the men. So they're the only ones who should go. Uh, by the way, he's wrong about that. Uh, but uh, Paro says this, and then they are expelled. Rav Shimshon Rafal Hirsch uh, talks about the, uh, the importance of this idea that uh, all members of the Jewish people uh, must participate. Um, I'll just read to you his uh, his words as they're translated into English. Uh, they're available in Hebrew. Of course, he wrote them originally in German. But he's but he says we have no intermediary, no priests, no representative before our God. It's true that there are pre I'll just add. It's true there are there are kohanim, but the kohen does not serve as an intermediary between us and God. He's the one who does the performs the actual sacrifices. But our connection to God is direct and unmediated. I continue in the words of Rav Hirsch. If we are to go, we must all go. The tiniest baby in the cradle, the last sheep of our possessions, without exception. Each and all are integral parts of our community. None and nothing may remain, for we are, for we are all to form a circle about God. He uh, expounds on the idea that when Paro says Chag Hashem, Chag is a festival, but Chag also means a circle. So we form, as it were, a circle. Uh, and in a circle, uh, if there's even the smallest gap, it is not a, a complete circle. So everybody uh, must be there. Refresh continues, God calls us together around him. And when God calls, he wants to see us with every member of our family and with all of our possessions about him. Uh, and so we uh, learn from Moshe's response to uh, Paro that uh, we are all uh, we are all necessary, young and old, men and women, even our animals. Everything that we ha we are and that we have, uh, all members of our community, are absolutely indispensable uh, in serving Hashem. I thank you all very much for joining me for uh, this uh, exploration of Parashat Bo. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights saying Shalom.